0: You are listening to the Content Academy Podcast, where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Content Academy Podcast. My name is Paul Caffrey and I'm joined by Phil McGrath. How are you?
0: Paul, what's up with it?
1: Oh, same old, same old, you know, just having a, a good L week and we have just finished recording a podcast with the magnificent Jamie Slutsky um and it was it was a really insightful episode a lot of stuff on um how to plan your content call to actions auto responders how to do them properly uh you know and a whole lot more um really really great show Uh, any highlights from you jump out phil
0: yeah well i mean just looking at uh obviously what jamie does in terms of not only planning content um but also a sneaky little bit of insight there i suppose into your email list that a lot of people feel that once your list is um is there and you've told them you're going to send an email out to them that you should be doing that every week but obviously we talk about that and why sending an email every week may not necessarily be the best course of action for you
1: yeah absolutely and i mean really what's what's very interesting is, is jamie i mean she's you know she studies computer science she started off being a techie designing websites and then she then transitioned into being a strategic, a strategic you know, business planner and helping people, um, you know, help get, make these websites actually become profitable businesses. So it's, it's very interesting to hear the two sides of that as well. Um, I suppose, but without any further ado, uh, let's hand things over to Jamie uh, and kick off the show. Hey guys, welcome to the Content Academy podcast. Uh, as we said, we have Jamie Slushky on the line uh, from SimplyJamie.com. Jamie, how are you?
2: I'm great, thank you.
1: Excellent, thanks so much for coming on. Obviously, we have uh, Phil uh, on the line as well, but um, before we get into it, would you like to maybe give uh, our audience a, a brief uh, overview uh, of yourself and how you uh, got started online and I suppose to where you are today?
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast and uh, for giving me this opportunity. So I um, started with a keyboard in my hand uh, when I was really young. i um, and actually, my fourth grade teacher in the mid 80s told my parents I couldn't spend my life in front of a computer. Um, oh, wow. I went on to get my uh, degree in computer science and then worked in corporate IT for over a decade. Um, and I had this itching to be home and raise my kids. My kids were really young at the time. And so I kind of stumbled upon working online. And you know, with the technology background, uh, building websites came super easy to me. And I was able to probably within about six weeks of getting into my first WordPress site, be able to start building websites for other people When I got further into that, I realized how much more goes into a website than just the pretty pictures and pretty look that it has, and it's really the content and the message and the direction you want to take your website uh, to go to in order to actually attract clients. You can't just have this flat business card looking website. And so yeah. I really got into learning about the content and the, the marketing side of things, which is so crazy for someone who is, you know, totally a techie, techie to the core, but I'm too social to not figure this stuff out. I love it. And so that's really where I've taken things now is I still build websites. I love building websites, but I love building the strategy around the website. So I'm now able to work with clients No matter where they are with their online presence, whether they're just starting out or they already have that presence and it's not working for them and I can help them build their strategy around it. So it fits really well in with your podcast, actually. Yeah,
1: absolutely makes sense. And I I suppose what's interesting is how kind of remarkably similar our backgrounds are to an extent. So I would have studied computer science in in college as well. And I suppose the genesis of us, myself and Phil, starting online eight years ago now was me, you know, putting together that website and the two of us liking, you know, football or, or soccer, as it's called in the States. And we just wanted the platform to talk about that for fun. And then obviously one thing led to another and it turned to us having a, a number of online businesses and, and getting to the point similar to yourself where you can actually see there is a whole lot more than just having, you know, that business card website, as, as you mentioned. Um, but I suppose, I mean, looking at that for you, I mean, what, what does make a great website or what makes a website stand out
2: Ah, uh, personality, 100% personality, um, you know, and images, you know, those are the probably the two things, you know, if you come to my website, you know, you've got a bright smiling picture of me, I say hi, I introduce myself and i'm not afraid to to put my my personality out there. If you look at my social media, i keep that in line with it because i i mean i have my family is public, the fact that, you know, i have multiple sclerosis is public and we don't need to talk about it. It's just a fact. It's just part of who i am. And i think that especially for small business owners, especially solopreneurs who are, you know, not to hide behind Um, a brand, but to become the brand is really, it's evident when there's a website out there that just has content on it, it's boring and drab and nobody wants to read it.
1: Absolutely, I mean, we come across that a lot and I suppose personality, brand marketing, it really is its, I suppose, its own industry in a sense, the way it's taking off. Um, So, I mean, for ourselves, we're always looking at at creating content and trying to get that, you know, that unique uh, hook for people. Um, as regards, I know that you, you provide a lot of uh, help uh, to entrepreneurs and others about how to blog, but uh, what creates great online content for you? I mean, how do you get that message uh, into, into a content piece?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I have this formula that I use with creating blog posts, and you know, it kind of goes from okay, what do you want someone to do when this blog post is finished, when they are done reading it and they've digested everything? What do you want them to do? And so you know that uh, you know whether you want them to sign up for a list, for them to email you, for them to share it on social media, for whatever they might want, you might want them to do, and then you you kind of build from there and say, okay, so how do I get them there. What is going to get them the initial click? So that's what then you're starting to work on your headline. And then everything I do is kind of building in between the, the top and the bottom to kind of, to fill in the story. So, you know, okay, you want to hit three points. I don't ever want people to hit less than two points in their blog posts and no more than five only because otherwise yeah. it's not going to be read. It's just going to be too long. So I kind of, I build Uh, the content with my clients, like from a top down and bottom up simultaneously, um, that process makes it so that it's a lot easier to get things out. Like if you know what you want them to do, it's a whole lot easier to guide them toward that than it would be to say, okay, I want to write a blog post about widgets yay writing a blog post about yeah. widgets but if you wanted to write a blog yeah. post about widgets because you want them to buy your brand new widget you have that that extra motivation to really um get yeah. get behind it's, it Put it's your content with a
1: purpose absolutely having a purpose to your content as opposed to just having lots of content and hoping that, you know, people will buy off you when when the message is unclear. Would you have multiple call to actions or is that something you wouldn't recommend having, you know, maybe a social call to action, maybe, a, you, know, a, you know, a lead magnet or, or multiple or just go with, with one?
2: Um, I think that there's a place for more than one, but not every time. I think that, uh, you know, like on you know, as we're crafting a services page for things like that, there's definitely more than one call to action. But on a blog post, I like to keep it down to at most two. So maybe it's um, a call to action button or a subscribe button as well as comments, um, but not, hey, share this on social media and then, you know, leave a comment and then um, also, you know, hit this button to contact me. That's muddying things. It's just too, too much. Yeah. Um, most people, they're reading this stuff on their phones, you know, you have to be meet them where they are and you want them to finish consuming it and say, hey, yeah, Paul did a great job with this. I want to come back to this another time, you know, to his site and to his, uh, his content another time rather than, oh my goodness, Jamie went on and on and on and I can't even finish this and then they forget about me and I don't want to be unforgettable and I know you don't either. <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely I think that's something nobody wants and um, I suppose let's not forget we've got Phil here Phil what do you make of things have you any questions for Jamie oh, I'm just lurking in
0: the background here very very oh, yeah? silently I have tons <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry yeah no I've just been sitting sitting back taking it all in I mean there's so much that even just from what you've already said Jamie that's got my mind ticking um, but one thing I, I want to dip into obviously you were talking about um, blogging with it with the purpose in mind um, which is ironic enough links into a recent blog post I wrote about it it's basically your content and it's you versus your audience so having end games in mind in terms of having your free content but also you have to have a purpose for your content and there has to be a purpose for your reader as well so I mean if I dig a little deeper into that how far in advance would you tend to plan that out so you know you've got your free content coming and you've maybe got an offer along the way so in terms of planning all that out how far in advance are you working
2: You know, for uh, for my clients, I've got a client that, you know, we've got things planned out for the next few months as to, you know, what blog posts need to be written. Um, And, you know, another client, it's probably another, it's three weeks out maybe Um, for my own stuff. I am generally a month and a half ahead of time. Um, so I, I like to have it planned, but let me tell you, my email that I sent out to my list last week, and I ended up also posting it on my blog, um, basically jumped in ahead of things, um, because there was a power outage at my kids' gymnastics meet and it prompted me to write a blog post, um, about, you know, curveballs and, you know, in an email. So I gave myself permission. To throw that in ahead of time. And it was, you know, an in the moment kind of thing. And I think that's one of the benefits of having a longer term strategy and a longer term plan is that you can throw these things in and just bump things around, move things around because they're in the future. Nobody knows about them yet. So um, I think that having that flexibility is important too.
1: Yeah, that's a great shout. I mean, we've had uh, Jeff Beal on on the podcast uh, previously, and he is very much like that. He would plan in advance, but leave a bit of space or a bit of wiggle room to, to be able to put in topical content uh, so I suppose as inspiration hits, absolutely a great move. Um, I suppose like jumping uh, maybe back slightly, we spoke about, you spoke about um, the title and the title of the blog being one so the call to action initially, what you want people to do and then jumping straight onto the title. Um, would you spend time crafting blog titles and, and I suppose what, what has been most effective for you and, and your clients?
2: You know, um, I I live in Microsoft country, so I use OneNote of just putting that out there. Oh,
1: <laughs> no. So do I. I live by it. <laughs> uh, here we yeah. ad I'm
0: just going to step yeah, back yeah. and let you two talk OneNote and uh, Microsoft. <laughs> I'm the Apple geek here, so I'll just take a, I'll take a step back.
2: You know, it's one of those things. I, I like to throw that out there because it's it's tools that I use, and I have to be honest about it, but I actually have a OneNote um notebook that has all sorts of blog topics in it. And, you know, and I might just spend some time crafting new ones um, in there. Um, And often I will also have, you know, as I'm planning out, you know, if I've got a, you know, a launch for a client coming up or whatever, I kind of back into, okay, what do we want these four or five blog posts that are leading up to it to have as the call to action and then knowing their business we craft out the titles from there and usually it's two or three different titles that kind of get thrown around for every blog post one of the things that i say is that you're going to sit down and write blog posts and you're going to have a 66 success rate so for every three blog posts you write you're going to publish two of them or for every 60 for every three blog posts you sit down to start to create you're only going to get to completion on two of them and it's okay uh, because that content that you've written can be used elsewhere. Um, that's something I've found for myself is taking the pressure off of every idea I have has to come all the way to fruition. Um, makes it easier to get the right content out at the right time.
1: Yeah, and no, I actually really like that. And that's something which Phil, um, which I suppose I've taken from you. You're a big advocate of writing every day. So that's something that I've looked at incorporating over the last kind of, you know, I suppose three, four months more, more than I have before. Uh, And as you're saying there, Jamie, yeah, I've got all these great ideas for all these awesome articles and this content. And yeah, only a certain percentage actually make it to being published. So, yeah, it's it's nice to hear that I'm not alone there, that I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the only one who feels like they're wasting time. It's actually part of the process um one thing which we've had a lot of people come and talk to us about on on the site um is lead magnets and you know what makes a good lead magnet and obviously your site you've you've got um, the lead magnet on your site and also your facebook page itself it's very prominent um so i suppose just wondering if you have any tips for our audience uh, on creating lead magnets and what makes it a, a good one
2: yeah, for sure. So I was running a mini course. It's actually just wrapped up. Um or actually it's wrapping up next week. I've just got everything planned for it. That's why I'm thinking it's done. But um, you know, I was running a mini course uh with people on, you know, and so I knew that I needed to get people interested in the idea of it. And so again, it's really a matter of what do I want people to actually do once they're in, in there. Um, because you know, they're not, you know, a lead magnet's not going to work if it doesn't have the right message. So I like to craft the landing page before the, um, before the actual you know, heading over or any of the links that I send out over to it. And I always like to have it simple. I want to ha- make sure that it's, you know, easy to execute. People feel like they're going to get value from it, um, on my website, um, Right now, which may not be the same when um, the episode goes live because I'm in the middle of changing it up and getting a new lead magnet in there. But right now, I have a, um, a just a very simple checklist for in person service providers to kind of see where they're at with their website. And, you know, and the whole idea of that is okay, Jamie highlighted three things that I need to do better great. And then they just kind of go on and they've got those things in their mind and then they come back to me. Um, And that's what you want is you want people to be able to digest it quickly and then um, want to come back to you you don't want people to go and you know download your four-page PDF and get through page 1 and say oh okay this is going to take too long I'm going to go back to it later. Yeah. So I was actually just reading something I think yesterday that says either make it short, sweet, easy to digest or make it so amazingly incredible that people can't put it down. Don't go halfway.
1: That's a really great piece of advice because there are so many there are so many lead magnets out there that just you just lose interest for whatever reason, you know, it doesn't quite catch you. Um, and I'm probably guilty of signing up for far too many uh, of these. Uh, I've actually got a folder dedicated to it. And there, there are few. We do that, we do that
2: for market research, don't we? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's it.
1: What's everyone else doing? Oh, that's interesting. I like this. Yeah. It's uh and there's a lot of it out there, but I suppose another thing, which I suppose moves on from the lead magnet is um, the email sequence. So someone has downloaded this piece of content and, you know they've gotten um you know some use out of it or some value from it, and now they're on the list. Um, would you have people having a, an autoresponder sequence, or would you just put them into a kind of a general weekly email piece? Yeah,
2: one hundred percent autoresponder sequence. Um, I call it my welcome sequence. I'm like it's your it's the get to know you, provide even more value. I have um I actually have a an email sequence um demonstrating two sequences that I've created for clients. And, you know, and that's one of the options that I have for my future lead magnet is to sign up for that series of emails that says, OK, look, this is what I did um, and this is how they provided additional value. You know, so like, you know, the download, um, the example that I use in there is that the download was um, three parks in town that are great for doing workouts. And, you know, so, so that and then so it follows up with these are the exercises i think you can do at this park you know which is so valuable instead of just saying the name of the park you've now told them what they can do there and then you follow follow that up with you know something else that can be done you know I actually, um, this client that I'm talking about, we actually came up with what is her criteria for figuring out a good park for workouts. And so she then shared that in her email sequence. So people are now like, okay, well, if I'm going to another town where I don't live near you, these are the things I should look for. And she basically just shows over the top how much you know, she can provide to you. And then the last email in that sequence and the last email that I recommend is saying, okay, now you're being dumped onto my main list in nicer words, of course. But before you go there, here's, um, you know, an easy way to connect with me in person. Cause again, I work with a lot of in-person, um, uh, service providers. Yeah. So, you know, it just make it, make it really super easy, make it super friendly, but make it so that your emails get opened and that they continue to provide value beyond the freebie.
1: Yeah, and I I really like that. And actually it just reminds me, I was traveling recently. I was in Brazil and I went to a park that actually allows you to do workouts. And they had a lap you could do laps around that. And they actually had machines in the park itself outdoors. Uh, But it was far too hot. So I could not get very much done. Um, But again, I mean, that's nice. I mean, I know you work with a lot of people who are trying to reach out to, I suppose, consumers or customers in the local area as such. Um yes. do you I mean, do you assist people on social media or are, you know, what is the best way for people to push their content out on social media if they're going local or indeed global with their reach?
2: Yeah, you know, I, for local, I mean, this is really, really my focus has been, has been local is, is using, you know, social media, you know, and growing and interacting with, with lo- other local businesses and, you know, and being present in the community, you know, so saying, hey, there is a, uh, you know, Uh, craft fair going on at the, at the church down the street, I've got a table there, you know, or, you know, making sure that you're visible online and offline as a member of the community. So, you know, I mean, when you're in those situations and you're online, you want people to be like, okay, yeah, this, this business belongs in my community. I was just uh, working with a a veterinarian, um, actually an animal hospital. I was just talking with them and they're like well, we want to make sure people know that we are local and that we are locally owned and we've been in the community and we weren't bought up by one of the national chains of animal hospitals because it's a value it's a it, it's a differentiator so if someone has the option of getting you know their their dog's paw whatever you know surgery done at yeah. the bigger hospitals versus at this local place they're going to choose local because they want to stay connected to a member of the community. So just really showcasing the fact that you are local and that you are part of the community and you're not just sitting there.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great piece of advice. And I suppose, especially, I mean, in the local side, it's possibly a little bit easier to do the, the in-face networking or it's, it's a bit uh, more straightforward because you kind of know what you have to do. But I mean, even in the online space, if it's a case that you, I mean, you're going to have people similar in your niche or sit in the community. So even just being active in Facebook groups and, and different bits Absolutely. and pieces like that is is massive. And again, as you said earlier, people are on their phones now reading articles. Well, people are also on their phones replying to your, you know, your Facebook groups. So there's kind of there's no excuse for any of us not to be actively participating in at least a few of these that are related to, to what we're actually doing.
2: Um, I suppose Absolutely. One thing,
1: um, one thing that we're we're looking at at the moment, and I suppose it's coming up again and again, is you know, what makes a really good weekly email and we've had, you know, there's the kind of the Tim Ferriss school of thought with his, I suppose his five bullet Friday where it's just four or five really short, sharp pieces of information uh, all the way to, I suppose, there's numerous other people who would be sending out a massive amount of content. What kind of advice would you give your clients for the kind of standard run of the mill, um, email, uh, emails that they're sending out on a weekly basis?
2: I give them the same advice as their website and their blogs: is make it relevant, make it personal, make it you know share a story. Nobody wants to read facts in their emails, um, and I think that you know having a regular frequency for sending them out is important. Uh, but also, if if you've got nothing to say that week don't put something subpar out there um, because it's just not going to serve anybody and it may end up um, causing people to unsubscribe and not be interested in what you're doing. I've done that every once in a while. I'll just be like, you know what, no email this week. And then the following week I'll say, I know you missed me in your inbox last week, but you know, X, Y, and Z was going on. Um, And so instead of sending you something halfway baked, I'm going to, yep. I sent I, I waited. And, you know, I think that shows my personality that shows that I care about them. And I think that's something that's representative. And, you know, I mean, another option is, is if you have good content on your blog that you don't necessarily share every single time in your newsletter, and you feel like I want to send it to my email list, make it, you know, that is great content to share to your email list, as long as it's kind of done in the right way you know you can't just like copy it and say okay as if it was brand new but you know say I I posted this on the blog and I wanted to make sure you didn't miss it and you know it's just being personal It's being yourself um I think that emails probably a thousand words is kind of where I strive to hit on weekly emails I don't really have a format as to how they go um sometimes they're just long long form sometimes they've got bulleted lists I don't really have any rules on that though
1: <laughs> cool no, there's, I mean there's a lot there and I suppose it's very much in the Kimra Luna school of thought and um, I know Kimra is very much one to she will only send an email if she's something to say if she's not to say you might not hear from her for two or three weeks so I suppose Jamie it's refreshing to hear that you're kind of you're similar in that respect so um no i like i have to say there's a lot of stuff here that i like what i'm hearing one thing which uh, really strikes me is the images on your your site are great obviously you've got the professional photos yourself in a number uh, of different locations and actually myself and phil had fun a couple of weeks ago as we were getting some uh <laughs> photos done for for the site getting them refreshed actually sadly i'm not as fresh faced looking as, as i once was but hey that <laughs> happens um what do you have any rules for images that you use for your blog posts and your site um and, and for for your content?
2: you know images um they speak they speak volumes. I mean we all know how how powerful a good image is and how much of a detractor a lousy image is. I try my hardest to use images that I've created or that I've had taken. Um, when it comes to images of myself, um, I, my photographer, she's amazing <laughs> and she, you know, she's got some straight on shots. She's got some action shots. So we actually just, um, got some new pictures. I've got the first eight of them, I think, um, uh, that are fully edited and ready to go. Excellent. Um, so I'm going to be putting those ones up soon. Those ones are kind of like much more, um, you know, the work mode. She actually came to my house rather than the last set of pictures where we did them at uh, the, uh, the arboretum. So those ones were all flowers and nature and stuff like that this time. They're in the home, yet I'm still going to use them. I'm still going to use them from both places because they have different purposes. Um, Obviously, images, image sizing is massively important um, because if an image takes too long to load, it's going to turn people off of your, your content. But other than that, uh, making sure that the image sizes make sense and that the images are shareable in the aspect ratio that Facebook and Twitter and everybody wants, I don't have a whole lot of rules. Sometimes, you know, I just kind of say, okay, well, this is the topic of this blog post and go with it. And um, I've kind of got you know, got my style, which has actually changed somewhat recently. You know, this year I've kind of gone from one style to another and I'm really, really happy with where I'm taking it now. So I'm just, it's just a matter of staying consistent with getting them in there.
1: It's nice to see that. And I suppose that's something that kind of surprised me over the last few years, because um, I suppose initially when we started out, like taking pictures of yourself for the site was something that never even entered my mind. Now, I think it's fairly important and, and maybe essential that you have a good a good range of photos that you can use and obviously use them appropriately for your content. Um one thing which uh, is I suppose popping into my mind obviously you're, you're helping people put together um structures for promoting their blogs and, and their autoresponders and a whole lot more. Um are you helping clients with paid content and if so is there any differences that you would uh, in paid content that your advice that you're giving to to the guys
2: yeah. So I've got two clients that I'm working on uh, paid content, you know, their Facebook ads with right now. And I basically said, we don't know what people are going to like until we start putting them out there. And so I said that we have, um, we're going to have a set of nine um, ads to start with. And they're like, okay. what? Huh? And yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking the
1: same thing. Nine. It's, wow.
2: <laughs> it's, it's three images. It's three titles and three body copy and you cool. mix and match and multiply them out and there you go you've got 9.
1: Okay, yes, yeah, I'm with you now.
2: Because you don't know if if one picture is going to resonate more, you don't know if one title is going to resonate more and you don't know, you know, if it's a, you know, whether, you know, I mean you could actually go to Twelve or twenty-four or twenty or set twenty-seven or whatever the numbers might be to, to change the button. Like it could be book now, it could be learn more, it could be you know. There's so many variables to to tweak that it's worth um, you know actually tweaking them. You know, I yeah. mean, at a, at a very minimum, um, it it's two, it's two ads that that are exactly the same and that have a different button. Um, and then you keep just kind of going up from there because you don't know what people are going to do. And then once you do start to know, people's minds change over time. I'd rather have more options out to start with and then turn some of them off than be discouraged because I'm getting no activity I'm not getting what I want. Yes,
1: yeah. You know, I
2: mean, you're running paid ads, you're running, you want to spend the money to see what resonates with people, give them the opportunity to have something resonate with them.
1: Yeah, and I suppose what's interesting, and Phil is actually going to wear this, I've been doing a Facebook split test uh, at the moment to promote um, the side as such, And, and actually an image of Phil on his own with the text has outperformed an image of the two of us side by side. Uh, so there you go. There's something <laughs> for you to take notice must, must, must be my boyish good looks and charm, Paul. I think. Oh, absolutely! It's it's, it's performance. So keep it up. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. get to the gym already.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, just so, to jump
0: in, Jamie, you were obviously talking about Facebook um and the ads and and so on and so forth. I mean, with the content that you're creating, I mean, this is the big thing that we've spoke to people before most people seem to assume they write the blog post, they create the video, whatever it might be, and then it's done. But the hard yards are obviously in the promotion afterwards. Absolutely. So I mean, what does your promotion strategy look like?
2: My promotion strategy is not where it needs to be because I spend more time on the clients. So we're gonna talk about my client's promotion (laughs) (laughs) strategy. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, you know, it's, my clients, we we definitely, you know, put it out onto onto Facebook, um, on their page, put it out, you know, on Twitter several times, you know, using different text and things like that. Um, I've got one client that we create an infographic um for every blog post. And so that goes on Pinterest. Um, you know, so we just kind of go where the audience makes sense. Um and and post it and you know and tag people you know like tagging people is huge especially you know like if if you were motivated to write that blog post because of a conversation you had with a client tag that client um, on your personal profile saying hey Heather I was thinking about that conversation we had and you know I've now got it on my blog post go check it out um, you can link to it for, and then just sharing that facebook page post on your personal profile with the tag of the friend that has worked out really well because you can't i don't like promoting things directly on my facebook personal profile i feel that that's icky and gross and everything else Mm. but you can't tag people um individuals on your business page and i've found that that's a really good way of getting the right people to see it um it's kind of a backdoor, I guess, but I'm willing to, to open that back door because of, of the actual benefit that yeah, it has. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's really, you know, it's being present in the, in those Facebook groups, like Paul was saying earlier, we really want to, you know, be where our audience is. And if you can offer a hand, lend a hand, say, you know, here, I've got this answer, it's on my blog, then, you know, you've, You've done a double win. You've helped them specifically, but you've also been able to provide proof that you know what you're talking about and that you've got more experience in it. So I think it's really that that side of things, the personal side, the personal touch, does a lot these days.
1: Well, and um, I suppose one thing that just jumps to mind um, as you talk about tagging people and and that that nice trick there. Who for you is creating great online content? And is there anyone who you look at and you go, yeah, they're knocking out of the park?
2: Uh, you know, I actually have, I'm um, really following this, uh, a couple of ladies from uh, Australia. I think actually one of them's in Bali and one of them's in Australia. Um, and it's Bronwyn Martin, is, she's in Australia, and Tash Corbin, and she's over in, she's in Bali, but she's originally from Australia. Oh, yeah. They just know what they're talking about. They're just, it, it's so fun being here in, you know, Seattle, talking to you guys over in, you know, Europe and everything else and then getting to talk to people down in, you know, in the southern hemisphere. It's just so cool to see that we're all kind of doing similar things, yet we all have our own twist and our own angle on things. And so that's been really fun. Um, And they both actually run um, Facebook groups for women. And so those have been fun groups to be a part of as well. So you guys can't join me. <laughs> oh,
1: there you go.
0: Excluded again, Paul. It's like yeah. school all over.
2: It's, the, it's that darn Y chromosome, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, just um, we're getting close on for time at the moment. Jamie, we're obviously conscious of that. Um, and one thing I just wanted to touch upon very quickly, given your, your tech background, um, that you were telling us about earlier. Are there any major bits of software that you're using at the moment that you really believe that every kind of business owner and blogger should be using when it comes to on their website?
2: You know, I build all of my websites using WordPress, um, and I actually have been using the Headway Themes framework since 2010. Yeah, 2010, and they're almost on version 4.0. And it's coming out real soon, um, and I. Feel that that is the best solution for me however I don't think that that's necessarily the best solution for a DIY um, person who wants to just like build their website yeah. and stuff like that uh, because it has a learning curve what I love about it is the same reasons why other people won't want to use it but um, I think that anyone who wants to understand how their website works is worth taking um, taking some work at learning CSS and just learning how, how the style sheets actually work and what you can actually do with them. So I don't really have any plugins or any huge on recommendations. I mean, I use Optin Monster, I use you know ConvertKit, I use these tools. But for me, if at the end of the day I only had one tool that I could throw out and you know be you know the queen at using, it would be CSS. <laughs> well,
0: there you go. <laughs> Absolutely um yeah listen jamie there's been plenty we've kind of got through there uh, we really appreciate you taking your time to uh, come and speak with us today and i suppose the final question that we ask all our guests just before we wrap up if our audience wants to drop you a line and say thank you very much for the information you've shared today where can they get you
2: Oh, I'm at Simply Jamie, uh, and Jamie is spelled J-A-I-M-E, so simplyjamie.com. I'm also on Twitter at Fit Jamie, um, and you can also find me, of course, on Facebook. Um, my Facebook page is Simply, Pay- it was Simply Jamie Biz, because some silly person took Simply Jamie. <laughs> How dare they? How dare they? I know! Logic complaint. Sorry. Thank you so much for having me on today. This has been so much fun.
0: (laughs) It's been a pleasure. Listen, we'll have to get you on again sometime soon. There's still plenty more we can go through with you and uh, hopefully we'll uh, speak to you then.
2: Sounds great. Thank you.
1: So that was Jamie uh, from simplyjamie.com. Really, really great show there. A lot of stuff to discuss. Um, I quite liked talking about the I suppose getting your personality into your blog post and I found it very interesting Phil how she'll focus on the call to action first and then second she'll put together a couple of you know headlines or a couple of blog post titles and then starts building stuff in the middle Uh, what did you make of that
0: yeah I mean it's, it's an interesting way to go and certainly not one that I disagree with I mean Um, for anyone who's read the recent content on the site, I suppose we, we've kind of talked about that, about having, um, an end goal in mind. So obviously the call to action is really for you. Your end goal is what you want your audience to do once they finish consuming your content. And certainly Jamie understands that. And that's why she starts with that in mind because for ultimately for her, she knows that she's creating this content in order to not only do her audience get value from it, but also she's getting something in return. So whether it's, you know, a, a leave a comment um, or whatever it might be. But generally when it comes to her lead magnet that's the main thing that's what she wants she wants to give them the lead magnet get them on her list so she works on that call to action first then the headline of course is the all-important because we need to grab people's attention and get them to actually consume the content and your headline is the is the best way of doing that obviously and then she builds out the rest obviously she will have an idea of her content and what's going to go into the meat and bones of it but uh, i really like the idea of uh, working on your call to action first then popping out your headline and then filling in the rest in between
1: yeah, absolutely, and I suppose a little bit different because typically I would I'd leave the the title to the end. I'd always have an idea of what it's going to be, but I, I'd leave it till the end. Generally, yeah, I mean so. I'm the
0: same. I'd I'd have a um, I'd have a working title, and um, quite often the way yeah. my my brain works is my brain works in the headlines, so I before i even come up with the the full content of a blog post i've got a headline in mind that i think is going to be good and then i'll i'll create the content and re- review the headline afterwards to make sure everything still fits and works or maybe as i'm writing i've come up with something even better that i feel might uh might certainly uh attract to my balls
1: yeah absolutely and um i suppose there were two other things that jumped out really at me one was to network and uh, i don't care whether it's online offline you need to talk to people you need to you know um and have that interaction i think face to face is best than kind of just chatting to someone absolutely but if you can't do that or it doesn't suit your business your industry you've got to be in these facebook groups you've got to be just interacting with people on twitter and on all the other platforms as well so that's something i suppose just reinforces a message that we have here is that you know you need to talk to people you can't just go and do this without doing that
0: yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I can't remember who said it now, actually. Or, Mark Lack was very much in. Yeah, it was it a sit, well. You Need to Sit
1: Knee to Knee? Was that it? Knee like, to Knee, that was yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah, I think it was podcast 11 or 12.
0: Um, yeah, so, I mean, in, in terms of that, it's great. And also, uh, Jamie was talking about Facebook groups and and you know getting in there getting involved and if you can offer a solution very well and good, try and do that but certainly you're not selling you're just trying to be helpful within those facebook communities and uh, obviously pointing them in the direction of where you can help them and you know that'll help you as well that you'll be seen as someone within that industry or within that niche that has um the answers to the problems that people have
1: absolutely um so i suppose i mean that is really i mean that's everything there for me that that i took away and there's a whole lot more and obviously i'm looking forward to checking out the the bloggers which she she's called out as well as producing great content because personally i'm not familiar with them so i look forward to checking out their content as well and we'll have their names in the show notes for you and links there um but other than that i would just like to thank you very much for joining me in another podcast phil
0: and thank you and thanks to everybody who is listening in Of course, this is our call to action. Head on over to content.academy and make sure you get your hands on our editorial calendar. It'll give you all the necessary tools to help planning and building out your content over the next coming months to make sure that not only are you staying on message, but you're giving your readers value and they're getting your call to action in the end.
1: I tell you, uh, we live and die by that editorial calendar. So a very, very valuable piece of kit to pick up.
0: Yeah, so there you go. Go and get it now, folks, and we'll chat to you again next time. All the best.